You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of Girl Speak, Sports Girls. I'm Tiffany, a junior girl at Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, or streaming us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. We are a completely virtual museum that explores and documents the unique experience of being born and growing up female around the world in the past and present. Today's podcast focuses on how girls in sports are represented in art throughout history. This episode was researched and written by junior girl Katie Weidman. Sports are not a common theme in art or at least not as common as portraiture, landscapes, religious or mythological scenes, or historical events. Even in sculpture, we find limited examples. The Discobulus of Myron, a statue of a nude male bent over and slightly twisted in preparation for throwing a discus, is a Greek sculpture circa 460 to 450 BC, and is possibly the most famous example of sporting art. Generally speaking, the Greeks portrayed sports in their art more than almost any other culture. Vases and other Greek pottery have scenes depicting sporting activities, including archery and hunting scenes, but most often athletics, or what the U.S. refers to as track and field. This makes sense, of course. The Olympics were originally Greek, after all. Panhellenic, meaning all Greek, games were held at Delphi, Nemea, and Isthmia by the 6th century BC. Victors at these games brought honor to themselves, their families, and their homes, and were publicly lauded for their triumphs. There are innumerable plates and amphora with scenes of the competitions and competitors. At the Panathenaic Games, amphorae filled with oil were given to the victors as awards. One particular example, attributed to the Cleophrates painter, depicts a chariot race on one side, the event for which the amphora was awarded, and Athena, for whom the games were honored, on the other side. Athena is shown with her aegis, a goatskin bordered with snakes, as well as a helmet and spear. This is a typical representation of Athena, who was, amongst other things, the goddess of wisdom, courage, law and justice, warfare and strategy, and strength. You might have noticed that we've not mentioned any specific artistic depictions beyond that of Athena. Very simply, that's because depictions of girls and women in Greek art seem to be limited to goddesses and mythological scenes, ceremonies, portraiture, or scenes of day-to-day -day life, or various sexual activities. Most of the athletic competitions in Greece were for men, and thus men were celebrated in art. Although there were games at Olympia where young, unmarried women competed in celebration of Hera, no examples of these competitions seem to be depicted in art form. This overall lack of women being portrayed in sporting activities continued for, well, millennia. There are a handful of examples, and we will explore some of those works shortly. But first, let's turn to the British, another culture known for their sporting art. While many people may think of team sports, like track and field, athletics, swimming, gymnastics, and so forth as sports, much of British sporting art centers around hunting, shooting, and horse racing and riding. Though there are also many examples of paintings featuring boxing or fencing, it is these country pursuits that are most common and best known. Country sports became more popular in the 18th century. Between the Industrial Revolution later in the century, and a relative lack of war on British soil compared to previous centuries, 
there was a growth in both time and money available for leisure activities, as well as for the art depicting it. And though sporting art was considered low-brow by many artists, artists like George Stubbs found considerable success in the genre. Although there are some examples of women to be found in British sporting art, they are very few and far between. Many of these could also be construed as pinups. Women are often perceived through the masculine viewpoint and portrayed as sexual objects or virginal saints. Many of these portraits were commissioned by men and viewed by men, unambiguously subjecting them to male fetishization of women. One such work is Francis Calcraft Turner's Well Done. Painted around 1840, Well Done depicts a woman participating in a hunt. On horseback, she has just leapt over a high hedge and stream in pursuit of the hounds. She is in all black, wearing a top hat similar to those of the men in the background, and she carries a riding crop in a position that implies she has just used it, perhaps to encourage the horse to follow the hounds over hedge and stream. It is clearly an action pose. Both hounds and horse are running, legs fully extended front and rear, and the mane and tail of the horse are streaming back. That said, the unnamed woman is calm and composed, almost seeming to look at the viewer. She also appears to be riding side-saddle from the position of her visible foot, though it's hard to be sure with her full skirts. Though the woman is portrayed to be in control of her mount, the title and overall feel of the scene is patronizing. Despite her control, the title of Well Done is condescending, implying that her success in the jump, and perhaps the hunt in general, is unexpected. The men of the hunt are on horseback in the background, watching her from behind a gate, implying that they think her jump was foolhardy to attempt. Though by 1840 women did participate in fox hunts, it was still an uncommon sight, and this work captures that uncommonness by contrasting the femininity of her pose and full skirts with the more masculine elements of her costume, her top hat, riding boots, and gloves that match those of the gentleman, and her participation in a traditionally male pursuit. But why is it so rare to find women, let alone girls, portrayed as being sporty or athletic in art? There is no single answer, nor a simple one. Historically, women have been less involved in sporting pursuits than men, as it wasn't considered feminine, and such pursuits didn't fit into rigidly defined gender roles. This trend continues today. U.S. basketball's WNBA has far less funding and viewers than the NBA, due to both a perceived and real assumption that no one is interested. In England, the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award has 57 recipients as of this podcast, only 13 of which have been female. Jessica Ennis, now Ennis Hill, has been nominated three times, but has never finished higher than second place, despite being the face of the 2012 London Olympics for Britain and winning gold in the heptathlon at the Games. Girls are often still told that sports aren't girly, or it'll give them bulky muscles, which isn't feminine. They are told that sports are dangerous, a warning that boys don't hear as much, and they could be hurt. They are told that they will never be as good as the boys, and thus are less interesting to watch. The phrase, throws like a girl, is still very much in existence, even with girls like baseball phenom Monet Davis able to throw a 70-mile-per-hour fastball at the age of 13. We can hypothesize that gender roles past and present account for some of the dearth of girls and women in sporting art, but there is more to it than that. As we discuss in our exhibition Across Time and Space, throughout much of history and many cultures, there were no lasting representations of people, especially children. A lack of participation in sports, coupled with a lack of representation overall, 
makes it very difficult to find artistic examples of girls participating in any sport. Though I'm sure we can make a multitude of other arguments, we'll leave it here and move on to our next painting. There is one exception to this lack found in the art record. Mythological scenes of women participating in sport can be found. Sculptures and paintings of Artemis, also known as Diana, with her bow abound, and several artists have painted their interpretation of the race between Atalanta and Hippomenes. We'll examine one of those paintings. Willem van Herp's 1632 oil painting titled Atalanta and Hippomenes in a moment, but first a quick telling of the myth for those who aren't familiar with it. Atalanta was born to a king who desired a son. Disappointed in the birth of a daughter, he abandoned her on a mountaintop to die, where a mother bear found her, suckled her, and cared for her until she was found by hunters. This early upbringing caused Atalanta to become a skilled hunter, as well as the fastest runner alive. She was happy in the wilderness, and swore an oath of virginity to the goddess Artemis. At a sacrifice years later, Artemis was forgotten, and in her anger she sent a wild boar to ravage the land and people. Atalanta joined many other heroes on the hunt for the boar, and she was the first to hit and draw blood, though she was not the one who killed it. The fame she acquired from the hunt caused her father to rediscover her, and she went to live with him. Her father wanted Atalanta to marry, but she refused, unless a suitor could beat her in a foot race. Remember, she was the fastest runner in the world. Those who lost would be executed. This did flow, slow the flow of suitors, but Hippomenes still sought her hand and chose to race her. He had a plan. Knowing that he couldn't outrun Atalanta despite his own speed, Hippomenes prayed to Aphrodite to help him. She agreed, and gave Hippomenes three golden apples that were irresistible in order to slow Atalanta down. Whenever she got too far ahead of him, Hippomenes threw an apple off the race path, and Atalanta, unable to resist the apples, went to retrieve them. In this way, Hippomenes was able to win the race. Atalanta wasn't disappointed by this result. She found Hippomenes attractive and was happy to marry him. However, their marriage was doomed. Eventually, they were both turned into lions for not showing the proper respect to the gods. Van Herp's painting shows Atalanta and Hippomenes as she is picking up the second of the three apples. He is slightly ahead of her, looking over his shoulder as she is distracted by the apple, turning to pick it up. Though the painting is of a Greek myth, Van Herp has set the scene in his time, 1630s France. The rolling hills of the scene are green, and the setting features large, lush trees in the background and along one side of the painting. The bystanders are wearing heavy, dark clothes appropriate to the 1600s, and there appears to be a group of musicians in the background. This adjustment of the setting perhaps makes the scene more familiar to viewers of the painting, but it also alters the interpretation of the myth somewhat. Atalanta is wearing a dress of pink silk with a low-cut bodice, full skirts, and a trailing scarf. She does have sandals on that might have been found in a Greek foot race, but overall her clothing, while flattering to her figure and highly feminine, is extremely impractical for a race and serves to emphasize her femininity. Hippomenes is shown in only slightly more practical clothes, though he isn't wearing trousers or leggings. His skirts are shorter and less voluminous, and his sandals are somewhat more practical, covering more of his feet and coming up to mid-calf. He also has a trailing scarf, leading one to presume the scarves are there to enhance the speed and movement of the piece as they stream out behind the racers. By dressing Atalanta in 17th century clothing, Van Herp removes some of Atalanta's power. 
no longer a free spirit of the wilderness, she is cosseted and restricted by societal norms. Her pose and facial expression also appear almost greedy, as though she is more interested in material goods rather than her oaths. Though the oaths she swore to remain a virgin may say something about how women were viewed by the Greeks, so does her willingness to break it. Additionally, the way she is shown by Van Herp, eagerly stooping to pick up the second apple, implies that women are inconsistent and changeable. We can take some comfort, however, in the way Hippomenes is shown. Even with Atalanta's distraction, he appears to be fleeing toward the goal, running flat out, knowing that she is still faster than he is. With the advent of the safety bicycle, women were suddenly able to ride in great numbers, and they did. At the beginning of the 20th century, cycling was both a popular recreation and an important mode of transportation. Susan B. Anthony said about the bicycle, Let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think it has done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel, the picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. This also showed as a shift in sporting art. Photography was becoming much more commonplace, and images abound of men and women and their bicycles around this time, taken both in the studio and, as presumably, candid pictures. These photographs document a shift in attitudes towards women. With the ability to more easily and cheaply transport themselves, women opened up opportunities and the world around them. Though there was still opposition to a freer woman, bicycles also helped to spur on the rational dress movement, as corsets and full skirts were difficult, at best, to cycle in. Though women still had, and perhaps still have, a long way to go before equality is achieved in both sports and how they're portrayed in art, at the start of the 20th century, women began to make more appearances in sporting art. To explore women in sporting art further, you can check out the Mets exhibition, A Sport for Every Girl, at www.metmuseum.org. We hope you have enjoyed this month's Girls in Art podcast. We invite you to tune in to our next podcast on November 28th, where we will be recapping the news about girls around the world for the month of November. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.